Welcome to Britt David Podcast and the conclusion to Pastor Tim's message, A Glimpse into the Future, from Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 38. We know that the Bible says that Jesus will return literally, visibly, and bodily. One thing we want to know, just as his disciples wanted to know, is when. When is he coming again? Jesus said, that's not what we are to be looking for. Rather, there will be signs to look for, and there will be ministry to engage in. Let's get busy, because his return is closer than it's ever been. Here's Pastor Tim. That Antichrist is going to make his way into having the third temple built. He's going to go in and defile that temple by sitting, in the, sitting on the throne right there himself, celebrating himself and claiming himself to be God. He'll utterly defile that place. And God will bring it to full desolation before he allows the Antichrist to get praise and glory for very long. Be aware, this desolation is coming. The things that we look to and trust in for our security, he says that there will be an emptiness to them. It'll be like straw walls that you'll not be able to count on. Let me give you one more. One more thing that he says that you can see. Be aware of the deliverance. Finally, some good news. Thank you, Jesus, for these verses. Skip down with me. We read verses 25 and 26, so let's go down to verse 27. He says, then they will, look at this word, they will see. Be watchful. They will see what? The Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. It's no time to look down, no time to look around, it's time to look up. The very hope that you have is coming. The hope for deliverance, the hope for redemption, Jesus is coming. Now, He's talking about the second coming, isn't he? We know that the rapture's coming beforehand. We know that he's coming to rapture his church, and not one person born again here will be there for that, for that tribulation period. What he's talking about this is, after that tribulation is done, Jesus comes back, he says, in power and in glory, he will come bringing this host of heaven with him. We're not armed. He is, not with a sword, but with the sword of his mouth. And with one word, he speaks victory at that battle of Armageddon. It's our deliverance that is ultimate and leads to that millennial, which leads then to the eternal state as well. Be watchful. These things are coming. In our lifetime, they're going to come more and more and more and more. And the tribulation is going to happen. That rapture is going to take place. The tribulation is going to begin. And what Jesus is saying here is still true then. They will, the deliverance will not immediately come. He's waiting till all things are fulfilled. But when he returns, he returns in glory and in majesty. 
So what's a disciple to do? He is to be watchful. Number two, he is to be wakened. He is to be wakened. There is no time during this period that's a time to coast. It's not a time to doze off. Paul says to the Romans in, uh, in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, knowing the time that now it is high time to awaken out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Being ready is active. Being ready is not passive. It's not, the, it's not the kids' game of hide-and-seek where he says, uh, ready or not, here I come, and we simply go and we hide and we wait it out. We're not just waiting. We're watching. And we're awake. We're taking in all of these things, knowing what is to come. So there's some preparations that need to be made. Let me give you two of them. Number one, we need to prepare to undergo trouble. Prepare to undergo trouble. I told you we'd go back and pick up those verses that we skipped. Let's do that now. Go back with me to verse number 12. We read through verse number 11. In verse number 12, he says, But before all these things, there's something coming first. Before all these things, these things are coming. But you need to know that before you start seeing all these things in the world, be ready, because they are coming to your doorstep. The days when we thought that America was insulated somehow from any outside attack, those days are over. We've already seen it. And we know that we can be attacked on our own soil, on our own ground. So Jesus says to them, you need to be careful. You need to prepare personally that you might undergo some trouble. These are not just national wars and rumors of wars. These are personal problems that are coming. So he says, before all these other things, notice what he says. They will lay their hands on you and persecute you. So what kind of trouble are you to plan for or prepare for? One is persecution. Persecution. And notice that it comes, it is personal, it is your persecution. But it comes from so many different angles. There's religious persecution. He says, he says, they will lay hands on you and they will persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues. They will bring them in to the synagogues and they're going to say, you don't, you don't get to be a part of us anymore. That's the, that's the stability. That's the hub of their wheel. Everything in their life depended on that temple. To say you're out means not only are you out religiously, but you're out of society as well. There's no buying, there's no selling, there's no living, there's just existing. He says, beware, they're going to persecute you. They're coming for you in the synagogue. And he says this, and the prisons, 
And you'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. What's he talking about? He's not talking about religious persecution. He's talking about civil persecution. He's talking about political persecution. Where because you've spoken the name of Jesus, because you adhere to him, you know as well as I know where these things are going, it's going to be called a hate crime before your lifetime's over. They will come for us. There's persecution. And he says that they will do these things to you. Notice what he says. It will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. We'll come back to that one. So what kind of, what kind of trouble should you be preparing for? What, what does he say that we're going to undergo? One is persecution. Second is betrayal. What's the difference between persecution and betrayal? Persecution comes from your enemies. It comes from your foes. Betrayal comes from your family. It comes from your friends. It comes from those that you trust. Anybody, even if they don't know you, can persecute you. But only somebody that you trust can they really betray you. And if you look in verse number 16, that's what he says is coming. He says, you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. Prepare for it. Where do your allegiances lie? It's to be in the one true living God no matter what. Even when my father and my mother forsake me, God will still be there, right? Prepare for persecution. Prepare for betrayal. Prepare even for death. That's what he says at the end of verse number 16. He says, they will send some of you to your death. Are you ready to die for what you believe in? Adrian Rogers said, you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. Until you get that issue settled, you're not ready for this life. You're certainly not ready for the things that Jesus is talking about here in this particular chapter until you know that you know that you've settled that issue with Him. So prepare yourself. Prepare yourself in your relationship with Jesus to undergo trouble. But then prepare yourself to give testimony. Prepare to give testimony. I said we'd skip verse 13. Let's go back to that one. We're kind of back and forth a little bit tonight, aren't we? He says, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. I don't have to learn a memorized script. I just walk with Jesus. And in those days, He'll give you what you need to say. He'll give it to you now. He'll give it to you then in that time of great need. It's not by memorizing something. It's simply by trusting the Lord. By the way, these disciples are going to find this to be true almost immediately. 
If you begin to read through Acts chapter number four, you find that Peter, Peter and James, they, they have, they have, Peter and John, they have healed this man, or Jesus has healed this man through them. Now they've been brought to the synagogue of all places and said, You're going to stop talking in the name of Jesus. Remember? But the Bible says this about them. It says that those Sanhedrin looked at them and said that they noticed that they were untrained and uneducated. But the Bible says that they could not deny their testimony. Why? Because standing right next to him is the man that's been healed. It's the work of God that will stand and shout on your behalf. The work that He does in you, the work that He does around you, the work that He does through you, He can stop the mouths of your enemies. It's not going to be your great oratory. It's not going to be because you've got this wonderful message now that you have planned out and practiced and you're ready to present. It's because the presence of Jesus is with you empowering you and giving you what you need in that moment. That's what they'll see, and that's what will be convincing to them. So be awake. Be awake. There are things that you need to prepare for before this day gets started. I said there were three. Three things that disciples need to do to be ready for Jesus is coming, and one is to be watchful, the other is to be wakened. Number three, it is to be working. Be working to anticipate Jesus' return as if it were today. The fig tree's ripe fruit is a sign of the season. Jesus has been talking to them about these great signs. Signs are not ends in themselves. You know, it, it, they're not. They are for direction. Signs are to point towards something else. <clears throat> wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, persecution, any of that, that's not the end in itself. That's not the point. All of those things are simply to tell His disciples, the time is drawing near. Jesus' return is imminent. So I am supposed to watch for that. I am supposed to be awake to what I hear and to what I see. But I'm also to be busy. I'm going to be busy. Francis Schaeffer asked his famous question, How shall we then live? Knowing that Jesus is returning... What are we supposed to do? Let me just give it to you this way. Be diligent. Be diligent today and tomorrow and all of these days until the Lord takes you home. Be diligent to the duty that He has given to you. Let me give you these last three things. Number one, diligence has an aim. It's not being diligent for diligence's sake. It's not being busy for busyness's sake. It has a point, a purpose, an aim. And the aim is to please the Lord. 
All right, where did we leave off? We left off way down there in verse 28, right? So in verse 29, Jesus says, Look, look at the fig tree and all the trees. These are the signs. He's reminding us that it's the season. When they are already budding, you will see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you likewise, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all things are fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So you stay true to that. You stay true to His word. And then you get to this in verse 34. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. My aim is to please the Lord. We're living in a day of carousing. We're living in a day of drunkenness. We're living in a day where the cares of this life are all that's offered to us. Don't be distracted. Take heed. You've got an aim. And you need to stay true to that aim. You need to stay true to the bullseye. The bullseye is pleasing Him. And I'm to remain diligent doing the things that I know that He has called me to do. All right, let's keep going because here's one of them I know that I'm called to do. Number two, diligence pays attention. It pays attention if I'm supposed to be watchful, if I'm supposed to be awake, if I'm supposed to be working, well, I'm, I'm paying attention. I want to see what I need to see. I want to hear what I need to hear. And I want to do what I need to do. I don't need to be bogged down with all that other stuff that we read about in verse 34. He says, it will come, all of that stuff will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. The whole earth is going to be impacted by that. This is what he says to us. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Pray and watch. Pray and watch. Boy, they go together so well through the Scriptures. Jesus told His disciples, pray and watch. He tells us today, pray and watch. You need to pray. You need to watch. Because these days are coming. Pay attention. You won't know what you're supposed to do if you're not paying attention. You have a name. You have a purpose. Pay attention to the detail. And then number three, Diligence acts. It acts, doesn't it? Not, not with carousing, not with drunkenness, not the cares of this life, not these traps that are laid before us, but living in such a way that we may be counted worthy to escape these things that come to pass. Are you working towards worthiness? No, it's given to you. But you're to follow that as you receive Him. You're to follow that with obedience. He expects that from you. 
He expects that you be watchful. He expects that you be uh, awake, that you be working, doing the things that you need to be doing. The world will try to drive you by pleasure, but it doesn't have to work. The, the, the world will drive you towards profit. That doesn't have to work. These inordinate pursuits of the things of this world do not have to define you. In Proverbs chapter 4, the Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Be careful. Be careful. Guard your heart. And guard your actions. These people did. I mean, these people listened to Jesus for the very first time. Look, if you will, in verse 37. It says that in the daytime, Jesus was teaching in the temple. But at night, He went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet. Then early in the morning, all the people came to Him in the temple to hear Him. They couldn't get enough. <laughs> Jesus goes, they want to come right back. As soon as Jesus gets back, they want to come back. They want to hear more and more and more. So what are you supposed to do? Because we like hearing this. We like to, we, we like to, to have these glimpses of what the future is, even, even if it's something that seems to be bad. Deliverance is still coming, so I, I like to hear that. I want to hear it. So what do I do? What is some of this work I'm supposed to do? Let me just give you two. Number one, warn others. Warn them. The book of Proverbs says, Deliver those who are drawn towards death. Those who are, are hold back. Those who are stumbling toward the slaughter. We live with them. We work with them. They have no idea and are clueless to where this world is really headed. We need to warn them and point them to Jesus. Why do you think you're still here? I mean, why didn't Jesus, I mean, why didn't he just save you? You, you say the sinner's prayer and then he plucks you out. Because if he plucked everybody out, nobody would be here to tell somebody else how to be saved. Right? That's your primary responsibility for being here. You need to tell other people about Jesus. If there's one thing that you can't do in heaven, that's it. You won't evangelize a soul when you're in heaven. So you better do it now. Let me give you a second one. Live responsibly, knowing what you know. You know He's coming back. And you know it as you see these signs and as you hear these warnings. You know it. So live like it. Live responsibly as a Christian that others might see Him in you and that He might be glorified in your life. To glorify Jesus and to point people to Him, there's not anything better that you can do. Let's bow our heads and pray. How are you doing with that right now? Do you live with this realization that He's coming, an awareness. And it really is that you're, you're looking forward more to His appearing 
even more than you're looking forward to your disappearing. It's not just the escape. It's to see your Lord face to face. How are you doing with that? Maybe that's what you need to spend your time praying about. And is there somebody that you know of? Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody that you work with. Do you know somebody who needs to know that Jesus loves them and can save them? Somebody that you can warn, that you can help up who are stumbling toward the slaughter. Maybe that's who you need to pray about. Whatever you need to do, the altar's open and I'll wait for you too. Jesus, we give you these moments that we might write our heart with you, that we might reaffirm the orders that you've given to us, and that we might march forward. Father, we ask your blessings on these moments, on every person that's here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me where you are, Sean. Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us here today on Brit David Podcast. And he would like to invite you to check out our past messages here in our podcast library. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.